Hey podcast people, how's it going? Azrin the language nerd here. I hope you're having a fantastic Monday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you are listening to this podcast episode. If you would like to learn more about me or the business that I run, which is called the Calgary Language Nerds, I encourage you to visit my website. It is azrinthelanguagenerd.com. That is spelled A Z or Z R E N thelanguagenerd.com. You can also visit any of my social networks. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, and of course on Twitter. My username is identical on every single platform. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T, A-Z or Z depending on your country, R-E-N. And with that aside, let's dive into, t- into today's podcast episode. First and foremost, I would like to share a practice that I do usually every 60 to 90 days that is extremely helpful for me. And this is a practice where I sit down and essentially I meditate about my life. I meditate about my life. What does that mean? This means that I start to think about what I'm spending my time on on a day-to-day basis. What am I spending time on? What am I not spending time on? I start to look at my my health habits, my nutrition habits, my sleep habits. I think about how much time I'm spending with family. I think about how I feel about my work. I think about my life in the most holistic of ways possible. I try to nail down and think about every aspect, every facet of my life, and I evaluate how I feel, how I feel about every facet of my life. This is an incredibly powerful practice for me. Because when, you, when I take a step back and I evaluate my life and I really think about it, it and, and, and I really think about it, it allows me to figure out what kinds of changes I have to make. What kinds of things I should be doing differently in order to overall be happier and have a better life for the long term. And I, I encourage everybody listening here to do that as well. I think every 60 to 90 days is a good time frame. And I think for many, many of you, that's a good practice. When I do this practice, I specifically will have something to write on, whether it's a journal or a little blackboard or a whiteboard. I need something to write on because I get lots of ideas and it helps me to put those ideas on paper. A great example of this is on Saturday night when I was actually doing this, I was writing down a lot of the things that I'm happy with in my life and unhappy with in my life. Because by looking at what what I'm happy with, I can make sure I double down on those things and do those things more. And when I look at the things that I'm not as happy with, I can, I can basically say, okay, I need to make some changes with these seven things I'm not happy with. This is a really good practice and I highly recommend everybody does it. Every time I personally do it, I always come out of it with different insights that motivate me and give me more energy. So that's something I recommend you try. The other thing I wanted to recommend today as well is, or not really recommend, but something I wanted to discuss today rather, is the value of being introspective. Introspectiveness in my mind means that you try to have as realistic of a look, a realistic of a look of yourself as possible. View yourself as realistically as you possibly can. Don't be delusional. All of us are delusional to some extent, every single one of us. 
Some of us think that we're better at certain skills than we really are. Some of us think that we're worse at certain skills than we really are. Some of us think that we're better people overall than who we really are. And some of us think that we're worse than who we really are. Everybody's got different delusions. I think people who have self-esteem problems often view themselves in a negative delusional way, as in they view themselves to be really bad because their self-esteem is that way. And there's lots of different variations of what that can look like. But trying to be and trying to develop your introspective skill set, I think is really important. And the more accurately you can view yourself for who you really are and having a real accurate judgment of your skills, your strengths, your weaknesses, your personality, how you treat people, how you speak, being as real about that as you can and learning how to do that is something that is very valuable. I can give you an example. I am someone who I consider myself to be quite introspective. I do consider myself to be an introspective person. And I'm always trying to see as objectively as possible what things I'm doing well, what things I'm not doing well, what am I really good at, where are my upsides, what can I be doing to maximize my chances of success, what can I be doing to be happier, what am I doing that's making me unhappy that I don't even realize it. I'm always thinking about those kinds of things. And it helps me tremendously. So I'll give you a good example. I one thing I've been I'm, I've been thinking about heavily, probably for about a year, roughly, roughly one year, maybe a little bit more, is my communication style. I notice since I make a lot of podcasts and a lot of content and on Instagram and videos, and I make a I make a lot of blog posts. I write. I've noticed certain flaws in the way that I communicate that I would like to change. In fact, in hindsight, I don't even know if they are flaws, but they're things that I don't particularly like. I have a tendency to speak to speak a little bit too tentatively. I would like to speak a little bit more um, to give to speak in a way that's a little bit less roundabout. And I know sometimes I have, a, I have a habit of being a little bit too roundabout and not being to the point and ex and saying things in very simple language that everybody can absorb and understand and do something with it. That's a flaw that I have and I, I've been working on it. I still have a long way to go, to be honest. Um, I have a flaw as well of, um, I have a communication flaw, how do I explain this? Where I have a thought and I finish the thought in my head, but I don't finish the thought when I'm speaking. And I finish only half the thought when I speak and then I divert into a different thought. And it, the result ends up being not the best. The result ends up being that the person I was speaking to was a little bit confused. I also have bad habits on communication where I don't fully expand and explain the things that I'm that I really believe. I have such a unique way of viewing things and I assume that people just view things that way as well when they don't. And so that's something I'm working on. And so I think introspectiveness is a very powerful thing whether you're talking whether you're being introspective about your communication style, your language learning, if you're a kind person, your strengths, your weaknesses, your career, your whatever, trying to be introspective is a very powerful thing. In order to improve your introspective skill sets and to become more introspective, there are a few things that I personally would recommend based on my own personal experiences. The first thing is you have to practice. You have to practice being introspective. If you're the type of person that naturally is not introspective, you might have to take time every day to sit and actually be introspective and think and purposely sit there and think about 
your life and purposely sit there and think and try to evaluate how things are going. You might need to take that time to do that. Journaling might be really helpful for you. I think that can be helpful. I think everybody should go into Google as well if you'd like to work on this and you need to Google um, something to the effect of list of questions for me to ask myself in order to know, in order to be more introspective. Try different variations of that question. What you're looking for, I'm sure it exists on Google. I've never found one myself. I've never even looked for it myself, but I'm positive that someone has already put together a good checklist of questions that you should be asking yourself in order to become more introspective, right? In order to have the right questions to ask, in order to know what questions to ask yourself to become more introspective. There's lots of, I'm sure someone's put that list together. I feel 100% confident. So I believe in that tremendously and I wanted to make sure I talked about that today. Now, uh, the final thing I'd like to say today, which is a more of a language learning topic. Finally, we've gotten there 10 minutes into the podcast. I would like to talk about a strategy that I employ, that I use uh, reasonably frequently that is quite effective, at least for me. And it is a intensive listening and reading strategy. Basically, in simple terms, what I do is I will listen and or read to things in the, in the target language for a three to eight hour burst of time. I did this once for French not that long ago, maybe five years ago. I did it for French, I remember. I watched a bunch of movies and a bunch of shows and I was fully, fully immersed in watching movies and shows in French for like, I think it was six hours. It was a six hour burst of only, only French and actively listening and fully paying attention to the things that I'm watching, all in French. I think if you're going to do the strategy, it's important to find material that is A, interesting. It has to be interesting material for you. And B, it has to be material that is a little bit above your level, but not by that much. Slightly above, so it's challenging, but not crazy advanced. Not crazy advanced and not crazy easy comparatively compared to what, what level you're at. So it has to be interesting and roughly at your level, if not a little bit more advanced than your level. Just a little bit. Um, I personally did this just yesterday with Mandarin. I listened to a couple, I've watched a couple of videos on YouTube on some topics that interest me. I listened to about, oh Lord, probably two hours of songs, all from mostly from this one particular artist that I really like a lot. And I looked up all her lyrics. I read the lyrics as we went along. And I watched the music videos intently. I gave it my full attention. I immersed myself in the stories behind the songs. And by the time I was done, although Mandarin is not my favorite, is not my, my mother tongue, it's not my first language, my brain had switched over to Mandarin mode. I could, I felt as if I was someone who was a, Mandar a native Mandarin speaker. I felt like a Chinese or a Taiwanese or a Singaporean. Like I felt like someone who spoke that language as their mother tongue. I truly felt like it in my, in the deepest part of my soul, in the deepest recesses of my mind. That's how I felt. And communicating when you're in that state of mind, when you're in that, when you have the mindset that, oh, I truly am a native speaker. I truly deeply am immersed in this language so much so that it's almost more natural for me to try speaking in Mandarin than it would be in 
in English or whatever your native tongue is, it's easier to communicate and it's easier to learn and it's easier for you to absorb that language. And I think one of the mistakes that I would probably argue to say the majority of language learners make, myself included by the way, the biggest thing that we do wrong is that most of the time when we're studying a foreign language, we are not, we're not putting ourselves in that mindset. We're not putting ourselves in that mindset. We're in the mindset of our regular day-to-day -day lives with our careers, with our stressors, with our challenges, with the things that we're excited about, with upcoming trips, with this and that. We're entangled in the web of our day-to-day -day life and we're not fully immersed in that target language. Our mind has not switched into this mode of, I really want to work at this language. I want to, I want to immerse myself in this language. There's a specific mindset that is very difficult. As you can see, I'm trying really hard to describe it. And I'm having a hard time with it, but you're, you're, you have to leave everything behind. When you're studying that language, you have to push everything out of your mind and you almost need to, you need to, I'll put it this way, you need to shed who you are, you need to leave behind who you are, and you need to become almost like a new person. You have to become a newborn baby, a newborn baby who is now learning to be a new person. It's almost like that, and you're, and you're going to learn this language, and the language has now become like your parents, and the language is now your parents, and the same way when you were a child, you learned how to be a human, you learned how to eat, you learned how to drink, you learned how to talk. You absorbed all of that from your parents and from your surroundings. You have to now absorb that from whatever resources you're using to learn the target language. It's a very intense mental exercise to put yourself in that kind of position. It's really difficult. It's really difficult to explain it. And the only way that I've been able to do it, the, for me anyway, I feel that most frequently when I'm traveling abroad because what happens is I'm using the target language so much and all I hear and all I see is the target language that as a survival mechanism my brain actually pushes English to the side. I, I'm, I'm convinced it's a survival mechanism because your brain will do what is necessary for you to survive the current environment you are in and when the environment you are in is so challenging and is so immersive in one kind of target language, your brain is going to have to find some kind of way to cope through that. And for me personally, one of the things my brain does is it pushes English to the side and it tries to boost as much of the target language as it can in order to give myself the best shot of surviving that environment. And so to put my mind in that mindset, I have to basically tune out everything that is English and put myself in a space, whether it's physically by traveling or just mentally by doing an intensive burst of reading and, and listening, sometimes speaking as well, but leading, listening primarily, right? By doing that, suddenly I put myself in that mental space and that gives me the best shot of learning that language and absorbing it and acquiring it as fast as possible. As a random tangent, it's a bit of a side note, but worth mentioning, another survival mechanism that my body goes through, that my brain uses when I'm in this very intensive kind of environment is escaping and hiding. It's not a very positive thing, but I do it. If I'm traveling abroad and I'm faced with these really challenging situations, I just lock myself in my room and I kind of sit there 
and I don't talk to people. I get very quiet. I avoid people. It's happened to me multiple times, multiple, multiple times where I just want to run away and hide, literally run away and hide. And I, I have run away and, and hid before, ran away and hid before. Um, I guess I'm lucky in the sense that, I guess not lucky, but what basically myself, after I've ran away and I've hidden for a little while, once I've done that, usually it allows me to recoup some energy and then go back into the world and kind of face the world again and try again. But just as a random side note that I wanted to share. And so I think this is a very powerful thing. You have to figure out how can you get yourself in that mindset? You know, what kinds of things can you do? And in my opinion, one of the things, one of the most effective things you can do is whenever possible, do a three, four, five, six, seven, eight hour immersion, right? Whenever possible, it's hard to carve out that kind of time, but whenever you can, as often as you can, carve that time out where all you're doing is reading and or listening to the target language, um, using a medium, using a resource that is roughly at your level and is interesting for you. So it could be video, it could be reading, it could be audio, podcast, whatever it is. It can really, really help, I think. And give it your full attention. Give it your full attention. Don't be multitasking. Like, give it your full attention for that three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours. A more lightweight version of that, this is more specific to people who are um, perhaps taking classes. A more lightweight version, which is also very helpful, is 30 minutes before your class starts, you do some, you review your notes and review the class material that you saw previously. This gets your brain going and warms your brain up and allows you to be more effective in the class and remember more after, after you've taken that class. It's just a good strategy to follow. It works all the time for everybody. It just works. It's one of those things. It's as true as the importance of warming up before you do exercise. If you are going to go run a marathon, heck, even if you're just going to do some light exercise, go to the gym for half an hour, for an hour, or do whatever you're going to do. If you're going to go and do any form of exercise, you're going to warm up first. You do a little bit of a warm up to get your muscles ready to go so you don't hurt yourself. Well, language is the same way. Your brain needs time to warm up. And this is a great place to finish this podcast off, a great note I can, I can give you. I want you to view, how do I say this? Let me try to put this in as clear terms as possible. In order to learn a language, you have to first warm your brain up. Your brain has to be put into the right state of mind first before you're able to really go do any actual learning. And so you have to make sure your brain is in the right state of mind to be learning before you can go and try and really make it learn stuff. There's a lot behind the statement. You have to make sure you're well rested. You have to make sure your physical environment is, is, is conducive to learning. You're going to want to make sure that you've done some review to prime the pump if you're going to take some classes, right? Done some review before taking your class. It might even be doing that three to eight hour burst of listening and reading. That gets your brain in a very good mindset and really convinces you that you are kind of like a native speaker. Um, you know, there's whatever you need to do, right? In order to get, in order to get yourself in that right state of mind to be learning is very important. You have to warm your brain you have to warm your brain up first before you can actually do any serious learning. Anyway, let's wrap this podcast up here. I appreciate your attention as always. It, it means a lot to me. And uh, I suppose we will talk later this week.
Have a great day. See you. Bye-bye.